This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 502, recorded on August 26th, 2021. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home news, reviews, product updates, and conversation. All for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy TV studios. And Kevin, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm kind of sick of summer at this point. I'm I'm sure like it has just been week after week after week of heat. You know, with 95 with 97% humidity, that's probably not true. More like 80%, but it, it's pretty brutal. How are you guys doing up there? Did I hear you got some fires up there too? Is that true? Oh yeah, North Northern Minnesota. We've got a couple of really nasty uh, forest fires going. There's one in the Boundary Waters. Uh, canoe area that is um they're just trying to maintain it they're basically thinking it's gonna smolder and burn till we get snow right so they're just wow. trying to you keep don't it away. think minnesota is being a you know forest fire like all these fires are going on out west and up in western mm-hmm. canada you don't think about forest fires in Minnesota, but I'm assuming it happens, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this year especially, I, I think it's directly connected to we're, we've been in a pretty nasty drought uh, all year. I think the the saving grace about um, us uh, you know, not getting much rain and being in a drought or the, the heat of the summer is I can't remember the last time I mowed my lawn. It's I've, just <laughs> kinda, I've, I've let it go dormant yeah. and yeah. You know, it's just doing what it wants to do, but yeah. of course, because of that, it's obvious we are we're we're not getting the moisture. Although we are having a thunderstorm right now, so wow. we are we are getting rain. I think we're in. I think we're in. I think September is going to be a little a little wetter for both mm-hmm. you and for us. And this could be that early winter year where you know you just you, you just don't see it coming, and then next thing you know, and you get way more snow than we do. But uh, all of a sudden, you're you're packed in with snow. Well, Kevin Schooner, Schoonover is with us. Kevin, you've been on a dozen times. We've chatted with you a lot. So if you're if you've watched or listened to the show for a long time, you you know Kevin. If you haven't, you should know him. Uh, Kevin is our deals guy at both. Uh, what are we calling? Is it reset? Reset? Um, uh, what's he calling the forums over there? Reset forums. Uh, it is reset now. Yes. Reset now. And uh, and he is, I, I think you do the deals over there like you do in our Discord group, right? Yep. I try, try to, yeah. Yeah, I always, always appreciate it. If you go to theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. Kevin, I think once a week, maybe twice, and uh, Bust Out has been doing that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice. We've got a deal. We have a deal section. You can throw it in. Super, super helpful. You cued me in the other day on, hey, Jim, here's the ring cam you've been looking for and it was the one i was looking for i just didn't buy it fast enough so it was on Woot. it was on a Woot special one way uh, pretty fast kevin how do you how do you keep track of all those deals i mean you've been the deal guy for a long time what do you do to stay current on all that on all that stuff well jim uh i waste way too much time on the interwebs you know yeah, I, certainly you subscribe to some services or <laughs> yes. something, right? That helps. I, I do. I think back, at, you know, back a few years ago, or, or back in the day, um, there used to be a lot more of them. I, I'd get uh, all the uh, feed from Newegg, uh, Woot. You know, every night would have updated deals at midnight Central Time. Uh, Daily steals. You know, there was about five of them that I tracked really closely, um, and still do follow those. But you know, I'd, I'd have to say that the amount of deals has been kind of narrowing down and especially 
right now with, uh, you know, kind of the global semiconductor component shortages. We're not seeing, you know, everybody knows what's going on with video cards. Uh, net, you know, systems integration is my, is my day job and my business. Uh, and every day we're dealing with product shortages, uh, component shortages, lead times are way out there. And uh, so not seeing as many deals, but try to stay on top of them. And, and uh, you know, I, I try to filter a few of them to make sure I'm uh, feeding the guys stuff they're looking for. You know, a lot of computer stuff, a lot of home automation stuff, uh, all seems to fit the gaps these guys are looking for. If you want to swap or trade, I just sold some video cards. Kevin, I think you picked up one one of those. Yes, sir. I, I, hope, I hope it's working okay. They're, it works uh, perfect. Yeah, yep. You're barely used. Like I used them a little bit. We ran some mining on uh, for at the beginning of COVID. I did a little bit of Bitcoin on them, but they pretty much were that brand new, three years old and brand new. So it was a it's a good place to jump in the Discord groups and uh, if you got stuff you want to sell. It's a lot easier than eBay. I just, it's kind of, it was kind of nice to put those out and everybody's like, oh yeah, I need them. And, uh, yep. and so it was, um, hopefully we got them out there for a good price as well. They are, I, do you see an end to this semiconductor issue that we're having? And, or is this the next couple of years? Is it just going to kind of be hit or miss? I, I think we're going to see it real uh, be a problem through 2022. And what a lot of it deals with is, you know, a, a few years ago, uh, so guys like Intel, Samsung, uh, folks like that, they have their own fabs. So they build pretty much all their own chips. So they have full control over that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then guys like AMD and NVIDIA and other folks, it was, hey, I got I got a great idea. You know, NVIDIA got great ideas for graphics chips, but I really don't want to invest in creating fabs to make these things because I need the best fab I can get. So we headed down this route of the fabless semiconductor companies and Taiwan semiconductor company is probably the biggest one you'll hear of. And, you know, these, these are, um, contract manufacturers for chips. Um, a lot of those guys have been overwhelmed by the volume. And you know, we've come to find some oddities out of this is, uh, you know, Intel's, I haven't had any problems getting Intel CPU chips, but Intel Ethernet chips for, for network cards have been kind of hard to come by. And we come to find that Intel uh, quietly had transferred their network chip business over to Taiwan Semiconductor Company. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's about three or four major um contract manufacturers uh was announced the other day um all those guys are looking at raising their prices 10 to 20 percent on chips so I, I believe the thought process there is to um make some money so they can keep expanding and keep building because I, I don't really see it you know things slowing down in the whole uh semiconductor stuff well supply and demand right there's a lot yep. of demand uh, there's and, and you know the markets will adapt. They'll begin to expand to cover some of that demand. You would think. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I actually thought we'd be in a global financial crisis by this time. Uh, at the end, of, it seems the exact opposite. Like I could yep. have. Basically, if you're ever going to take financial advice from me, just do the opposite. Like it, it works every single time. <laughs> if I say go left, you should definitely be going right before uh, for that. But in the tech space, it is making and. Man, there is such a flood. If I think about what I see on my Facebook feed now, 
I have been looking at robot vacuum cleaners, but there's a ton of those. There is a ton, like I, I, I they're, they're making um, uh, like compost, compostable units now that you put on your kitchen counter and you put all your food and stuff in it, put a lid on it. Then you push a button and the thing grinds for, it does something for, you know, 12, 15 hours and it brings it all down to dirt for you, mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, there is there are so many consumer gadgets out there right now. Just when we think about, you know, the watches and the phones, and like it's crazy right now, the availability of all these things. We're suffering in the areas of like if I want to if I want a motherboard and a chip, or uh, if I'm if I'm looking for a you know a GPU, but uh, Tesla's running into those problems, and I and I think a lot of folks are so it. It, it, it is kind of a, I, I don't think what, I don't think we saw the, how fragile our supply chain was globally mm, right. until something like this happened. And you kind of go, wow, it was kind of a house of cards in a lot of way. Right. And a few mm -hmm. things popped out and the whole thing kind of went down and that's being too extreme. Like that, that it didn't, it didn't crash. Right. We're still getting plenty of things. Uh, it's just, it's certain times, certain things are hard to get. Right. And right. so that that's affecting us. So. When you talk about the economy too, you know, so my, my day job is working for a, a systems integrator. We basically take off the shelf components and turn those into other people's equipment, basically taking uh, people's software, their intellectual property and turning them into products. Most of our biggest customers are um, firewall vendors or security appliance vendors. Uh, and heading into 2020, we were concerned with COVID about business dropping and our business went up way up in 2020 and continues to go up this year. And of course, a lot of it was people working from home, People need to beef up their network infrastructure. Uh, wide area networking stuff went wild. So, um, yeah, I don't really see things backing off here. No, I think it's going to be a while. I think we have we're on a four or five year cycle of of straightening all this all this stuff out. So we've got some. Um, okay, you're hearing some alerts. I think probably coming from my computer because I've got a voicemail queued up. Did you hear the? Did you mm -hmm. hear the alert? Yep. In a second. Okay. So let me get this voicemail played. Kevin, call. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, Jim Shoemaker called in after last week's show. Sammy was talking about her phone and and changing it out. She mentioned that she's her brother gave her a Pixel two, and uh, Jim called in to clarify that. Jim, here's your here's Jim's voicemail. Hey Jim and Sammy, uh, nice episode. Sammy, look forward to hearing more from you uh, in the future with respect to the Pixel two cell phone. It has been off support by Google for almost a year. And I would not use it. I would not touch it for anything, you know, uh, any banking, any, any email, any anything. I want to use it as a camera, I suppose. Who cares? But otherwise, uh, your iPhone 8, uh, that's still getting patched by Apple. I would stick with that. So I had a conversation. I played that for Sammy today. And I had a conversation. I'm like, well, okay, I know you're she's actually been holding on to that phone for a year or a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, I'm just going to buy you a phone. <laughs> like, we're, one more, because the, the whole thing was, this is when I bought her the iPhone 8. This is the last phone I'm buying for you. Like, you the next one is yours. So this is why she's been, I mean, she's been nursing this thing along for a long time so far. Just out of college, still working on, on landing that job. 
doesn't have a lot of expenses, but she doesn't want to take on, you know, she doesn't want to drop a thousand. She can't drop a thousand dollars on a new phone, right? So I said, so do I, do I just need to get you another iPhone? And she was like, I don't know. So Kevin, we're not, we're not any farther. We'll have to figure it out. The good news is her phone works actually just perfect. Uh, so yeah, that was good. Got a lot of great feedback last week from you guys as well as the, as far as a new camera. We've kind of, we're, we're between the, the Sony A6100. Are you a camera guy at all, Kevin? Have you, do you need to weigh I, in on I, this or you, no? I, I, I have no weigh in on it, but I'm okay. listening because I have a kid who is uh, interested in cameras. Okay. So. so, hey, do me a favor on your mic. Just tilt it back a little bit for me. Like, is it on a, is your mic on a stand that you can just tilt it back towards me on the, it, on it the, is. on the. Okay, right there. There we go. That's perfect right there. Yeah, that's perfect right there. Um, that? Well, right. that's perfect. Yeah, it was just, we were, you were talking in the top and it was popping a little bit. So we're, uh, I okay. think we're good. Um, nothing good. like a midstream correction. Yeah, no, it's all good. <laughs> um, so we are leaning right now, we're kind of leaning towards either the Sony A6100 um, or the the 6000. It's got some issues. The 66 is just too much. So the 6100 or the Canon M50, uh, I think Mark II, which is actually an easier camera to use, but doesn't have some of the features that the 6100 has that I want. The, you know, the, the viewfinder on the Canon pops out to the side where on the 6100, the viewfinder comes up to the top. So we've got some choices. I said, I won't buy that till you until you've watched, oh, an hour or two of YouTube videos mm -hmm. <laughs> on reviews. So right. I want her, I want her to kind of, uh, review that and, and go through it. So we haven't decided yet, um, either if we're going to pick, um, if we're going to pick either one of those up, but I think, well, I think Kevin, I'm, I'm landing towards the 6,100. I think that's going to be the, the one I land on. So we'll, we'll see, I, or, you know, 850 is probably what 850, 900 bucks. If, if you want to get lenses, you know, you're in a, in, in a couple hundred bucks more. So she needs it. It's, it's going to be a thing I can use if she's not going to use it. So we'll have some, We'll have some things uh, for the future. Though. That blue light was really bothering you, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Because I'm looking at my face and I'm going, what is going on with my neck? Oh, if you're listening to the, light? I know. If you're listening <laughs> to just the audio. So when Kevin tilted his mic back, the blue light on it started shining on his neck. <laughs> and uh, then he took a piece of tape and uh, put it over the, put it over. We are, listen, if you came and you're like, get, get to the networking, we'll get to that here uh, kind of. <laughs> Uh, in just a second, I did showed some pictures of the fire pit last, last week. We got it all glued up and, and burned in Kevin is so great to have, uh, like a, just a big working fire pit in the backyard that works. It's kind of nice. Well, I, I, I've watched that episode and I, and you hit on exactly the reason. So a few years ago, quite a few years ago now, I tore out the deck on the back of the house, swore I would never do a wood raised deck again. And I spent way too much money having a guy come in and do stone pavers and stone wall and stone walkways. Totally beautiful at the city. And it's been perfect. No maintenance for 10 years now. Um, and at the same time, he drew up some drawings for like a, a, an outdoor 
fire pit, outdoor uh, fireplace, even thinking about a pizza oven kind of thing on the back. And I just, what kept me from not pulling the trigger on it and, and he was confused by it was I, I, you know, when one of my neighbors burns really crappy wood, it stinks. And I don't want to do that to anybody else. And I'd noticed the smokeless fire idea. And I thought, well, those are kind of neat. So your, your home really, your, that show really hit home with me from the point oh, of view of, Hey, I, I, I need to go revisit this again and figure out how I can, uh, you know, pull this off. Cause if, if I can get it to the point where I can burn decent wood and not be smoking out my neighbors, I, I, I'm going to make the jump. Well, and we, listen, we were burning all kinds of crap in there. Like, I mean, really bad. I, the, at the end I bought some, I went out and bought some good wood, but the early stages of it, we were burning, I was buying and burning pine and, you know, I cut the, the pine trees in the yard and the sticks that fell down from the linden and my neighbor had some junk in his yard and my neighbor's siding. I mean, I was burning, I was, I was burning it all. Right. And, uh, it, 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 the hotter the fire gets, the less smoke there was on that in, in that design. So if you get ready to get to that design, uh, just, just call me and I'll walk you through kind of the setup. It's not that complicated, right? You just need mm-hmm. air coming in from the bottom and you need a, you need some, something where the air can collect around the outside of the fr- of the the metal and then come back in on the top and that's the solo design it's pretty simple so mm-hmm. anyway super good we had a good time uh we had a good time with the kids burning uh on saturday night my daughter was sitting next to me sammy who was on the show last week she mm-hmm. was trying to show me something in the sky and leaned over too far took me and my cigar out (laughs) just knocked me over the kids were like are you okay are you okay uh the cigar and the bourbon were just fine uh so no no cigar or bourbon was hurt in the process kevin uh we've been advertising a little bit about talking about wi-fi and and look i've got a you know i've got a um a bit defender box a single box Mm -hmm. wi-fi here I'm, you know, I have, I, I have, I have Cox service that, that, that comes in and gives me, you know, what's like for the average guy, what's wrong with that? Or is there anything wrong with that? If, if in that sense, uh, speaking from Wi-Fi, possibly nothing wrong with it. I, I, a little background, but part of the reason I reached out to do a show with you on this gym is, um, so 2020, we all stayed home. 2021, we're finally going to neighbors' houses and friends' houses for barbecues. And I I think, you know, myself, like most of the people in the chat room, when you get to a friend's house, they hand you a really good beer. And then within five minutes, it's, hey, could you have a look at our Wi-Fi? Uh, Yeah, it's not working quite right. And I started, been making quite a few observations around that. Um, The other thing, I, I just as a preface, I, I spend way too much time in, and the, the, you know, the show tonight is not about Sonos, but Sonos as being a networked whole home audio system. The notorious problem there is anybody who has a problem with Sonos, they get on the forums and they go nuts about how awful Sonos is. And honestly, 90% of the time it's their network. And I always get the responses, but I have great Wi-Fi. It's not my network. Well, but you don't have anything on your network that requires multicast. And you don't have anything on your network that requires spanning tree protocol to be utilized. And we start talking about interference and things. Mm-hmm. When, when you mentioned what you just said about, you know, um, I have a four-bedroom, two-story house with a basement. And honestly, if you put a really good router 
in the middle of that house, freestanding, it'll give you pretty good coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, there, there, there's some other things happening, but, you know, you get a good centralized location for your router. Um, the other thing that I'll, that I've been harping on that will probably upset a lot of viewers. So you can find me on Twitter if you'd like to beat me up about this. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not a big people go to get beat up, right? Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of mesh. Um, specifically products like Eero, um, Orbi, uh, the uh, TP-Link has a product, Linksys has a product. Those things can be good, but it and, and they're not necessarily bad products. The issue is go to their website sometime and, and kind of look at them and it's like, hey, got Wi-Fi problems? Buy this, just plug it in and, I'll wait, and your Wi-Fi problems will be gone. And most people end up doing that and and inevitably the mesh systems give you good coverage. But what I, and I found this last weekend going to a friend's house is, Hey, my, my, this Eero thing was working really good, but, um, in the, you know, in the scheme of things, and now, now I'm starting to have all these problems and I go, well, what did you plug it into? Well, I, the, the thing I got from, uh, Xfinity. Okay. Well, that's a modem router Wi-Fi did you put that in bridge mode? So you shut off the existing Wi-Fi. What's bridge mode? What are you talking about? Right, so, right. okay, now you have two Wi-Fi networks running at home and you are in Wi-Fi conflicts with Wi-Fi. So now you've got two different sources, you're getting interference. And actually that's one of the big things I've found is, um, you know, some of my Sono speakers are, are portable. You can take them out on the deck. I have, steel seamless steel siding on my house so not a lot of wi-fi gets out i have a wi-fi access point outside for that um but i noticed that sonos works good with not a lot of signal but you get a little bit of interference from something else going and that really can throw a wrench into the works well that that happened to me right i was trying to run these d-link wi-fi cameras and i was Mm -hmm. also i was also running the ring wi-fi cameras and I, I never thought that two devices would cause, you know, I always thought maybe having your Wi-Fi set up incorrectly or the different, you know, having different Wi-Fi uh, or, or, or even in a mesh would make a problem. I thought with a single router, you're always good. But apparently, as soon as I shut off the D-Link Wi-Fi cameras, the, all of a sudden the ring worked perfectly. <laughs> and you're like, and then, yep, turn them back on, ring goes down. Like I did this a couple times, turn it on, ring, you know, ring goes down, turn them off, ring comes up. Like, you're like, no, it can't be those. So there must have been something. They must have been competing on a channel or on a wavelength or on a, right? There must have been something in there where they were competing with each other. Absolutely. So in, you know, kind of breaking it out. um, So the, in Wi-Fi, we've got, 2.4 2.4 gig Wi-Fi and we have 5 gig Wi-Fi. On 2.4 gig Wi-Fi, you've only you've got 11 plus channels to choose from, but they kind of interfere with each other. So your sweet spots are channel one, channel six, and channel eleven because those are clear from each other. They don't touch each other. They don't overlap. Um, in 5G, you've got tons of channels. So things can be smarter on 5G and they can go through the process of picking channels to not step on each other. So, you know, 2.4 gig has better distance, 5 gig has better throughput. So it's kind of a balancing act these days. Issue with 2.4 gig is, uh, you know, 
so not not only in your own home of having things conflict with each other, your neighbor's 2.4 gig Wi-Fi can conflict with you. Think of an apartment building. It's awful if if each individual person has a router and they're hitting each other and, and, and banging off each other. The other thing with 2.4 gig is um, Philips Hue. Uh, Hue hubs are on 2.4 gig. Um uh, if you use smart home automation, uh, Z-Wave is on 2.4 gig. Uh, cordless phones can be on 2.4 or 5. Cordless mice can be on 2.4 or 5. Um, so there, inevitably, there ends up being just a ton of stuff out there that can give you issues, give you problems. So, so are you telling me like, okay, so it, with this Ring D-Link camera situation, I still have those D-Link cameras, by the way. Mm-hmm. So if that, I think... Yeah, I think I still have them. I, I keep everything way too long. But if I could go in and assign those, maybe they're on the same channel. And can I separate the the channels that those devices use? Would that work? That can maybe get them far away from each other and still be able to use them? It depends on if they are, um, if they're just, if they're just clients hanging off Wi-Fi, yeah. then yeah. Probably not. Okay. Um, the, the things I'm talking about conflicting with each other tend to be things that act as um, uh, Receivers, right? Rece- yeah, yeah, hub, right. hub kind of things right. that are doing both deals. But when my neighbor about, and I are on the same channel, Yep. right? We're broadcasting at the same frequency on the same channel. That could, that may cause a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And, and even uh, recipients of things, you know, one, one of the worst places in most people's homes for interference between wireless products is the TV area. So you, you know, if you, if you just set it all up on Wi-Fi, your TV wants a Wi-Fi connection, your, all your gaming uh, consoles want Wi-Fi connections. Uh, and to alleviate that, I have basically um, for concentrated areas like that, I just throw an eight port switch in behind there and wire them all and then make one run back from that switch back to the core and take all that stuff off from wi-fi general rule of thumb is any wireless device should be freestanding that's another thing i run into a lot is people will buy a decent router um, but then put it in a closet or put it in a you know heaven forbid uh, you know a friend of mine really prettied up his area with a nice metal equipment rack and threw his router in the metal rack. And I, and I said, well, look, can we make just this small change? Let's pull that out of the rack and put it on top of the rack and boom, he's got Wi-Fi everywhere. Quality's good. Everything's working pretty well. I, I actually kind of moved my around you last time you were on a year ago when you were on, uh, you turned me on to this Wi-Fi, and it's it's loading up right now. So I'll show it here in a second. Mm-hmm. But um, and I, I think it's called WinFi. It it is. Yep. And you can it 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 will go through and give you some stats, kind of on your Wi-Fi network. What's strong? What's not? In in it, it'll give you some speed. Uh, I think some speed figures on it. I actually took my um, you know, my my router. And moved it around to different places in the house. And then I walked around with the, with the, if this is a Surface Pro 3. And I just walked around. And um, is, is it, is that a good troubleshooting kind Absolutely. of method? To figure so yep. WinFi, right? I think is what it's called. It's, it's WinFi. The version you probably have is called WinFi Lite. Um, there's mm-hmm. a link in the show notes for that. I think they got actually 
picked up by somebody. Um, the, the guy who developed that's pretty well known in the Wi-Fi world. Um, John, to your point, I'll try to find you a couple. John had a good post there. Is there a good troubleshooting optimizing web page? Um, WinFi, uh, their website now, they're coming out with a paid version uh, because I think he got bought by somebody. And it is thetabyte.com. Um, the new version is not out yet, so you can still download the free version from them. Um, but they're putting together kind of a forum. Um, the other good place yet is um, Small Business Networks has a good forum groups uh, specifically around networking. Um, and, and But what Jim is saying with this WinFi Lite, it's a great use for it is you, first off, it shows everything that's going on that it picks up. So it picks up your neighbor's stuff, your stuff. Um, you can have it show what channels everything is on. Um, it, Jim, to your point, you know, put it on a portable device, walk around the house with it, and it'll show you everything that you're uh, you're you're looking at and working on. So, um, lots of lots of good stuff that way, and that that's a great way to troubleshoot. Helps you pick up. Um, yeah, I, and frankly, not an expert on it. I, I I'm really learning about some of the. I, I'm focusing a lot these days on interference and noise and how to identify that. That's one of the tougher things to look at and figure out. But um, you know, in and hopefully more of the uh, network related guys, router guys, and wireless access point guys, there's actually some things they can gather up uh, from a data point of view that helps with troubleshooting that as well. Well, it's not loading for me, Kevin. And uh, I haven't <laughs> used it. I, to be honest, I haven't used it in a while, but it did give me a good, um, gave me some good. And then I, it gave me some analysis on the other networks in the neighborhood. And I think it might even have told me what channels they were on. So yep. mm-hmm. um, it just gives, uh, you know, it gives uh, something I took out to the shed to be like, okay, how far does my Wi-Fi reach? By the way, I need to get a repeater or something out there. Don't uh, get a repeater or whatever. <laughs> what, what, what I, well, let's talk about that. If I, you, you mentioned you've got a wireless access point outside. What did you, what did you put outside? So I've been um, running, uh, D-Link has been the wireless access points I've been using. I picked up some mm-hmm. quite a few years ago and um, I, I do I don't have an outdoor one. I just have an indoor one that is enclosed outside. So I have one on the back side of the house. Um, I shouldn't poo-poo extenders right off the bat. Some of them do a good job of carrying through, but many times extenders end up looking, extenders or repeaters end up looking like um, different networks. So, you know, some devices have trouble shifting from one network to another. Um, Back to mesh, not, you know, one of the things I find that really can fix mesh devices, so like Eero, um, Orbi, any of these guys, is uh, Ethernet backhaul. Now, I get it. One of the big niceties about um, uh, wireless mesh devices is the devices themselves talk to each other over wireless. So they're they're easy to deploy. You just scatter them around your house, and, and it's an easy way to put things together. Um, the problem is, or, you know, my, my analytical side is, so I have, I have Wi-Fi problems in my house and I'm trying to fix the Wi-Fi problems in my house by adding more devices that talk to each other over Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. 
So what I, what I like about wireless access points is they talk back to a core switch, which, yep, it's kind of a pain having to um, wire each one back. But if you're deploying mesh, um, deploy it in, in a way of thinking that, hey, if this doesn't work well for me, how can I hook these all up to uh, Ethernet connections? Some of them do, um, you know, they, they can all go back to a core switch. Some of them daisy chain. You just run a wire from one to the other to the other. And then now the mesh devices are really acting like wireless access points because they're not talking to each other over Wi-Fi. They're talking to each other over, or over Ethernet. Um, for some of the guys, I forgot to put something in the show notes, but for folks who, Hey, I, I got no way to hide ethernet cable. I can't run ethernet cables around. Um, we just got done doing a project at work and Monoprice has these skinny ethernet cables. These things are tiny. Mm. They're, they're, um, I don't even know what to compare them to. They're, they're just tiny. Are they like, are they like ribbon based or that, these, or these are, are round they? yet. The, okay. the, there are ribbon based ones out there, which can be kind of cool for if your home has, uh, you know, a wainscoting or uh, edging baseboards. Yep. Yeah. You can yeah. hide these right under the baseboards. These skinny ethernet cables work really well for hiding that way as well. So you can, you, you know, it isn't all about drilling a hole in the wall and, knocking right. stuff down that way there's other ways to to get to that is this the one you're you, this is the one out of the show notes so this this about. is where i'm likely gonna head towards um i i've been recommending uh, uh you know so ubiquity is the choice of most small businesses and most uh, you know, uh, guys who want to put something decent in their home. Um, I, I've been having really good luck recommending TP link to folks. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of on the verge of, even though my D link stuff works great, it's getting a bit dated and I'm, I'm, I'm in one of those moods where that, that I, I haven't been in for a long time. Cause, um, uh, and uh, Tony mentioned, uh, Luma, you know, there was a time where I was trying every new mesh Wi-Fi. back. You mentioned reset back in the home server days, we'd all mm -hmm. jump on things, review them, compare them. I've been behaving myself and not upsetting my family by deploying a new wireless uh, system all the time. But I, I think I'm due to make a hop and this, uh, EAP, uh, um, 660, is their latest way faster than anybody needs in their home. Um, but takes you to the latest Wi-Fi six specs, all the latest performance. Um, plus one of the other things that uh, I was going to hit on later in the show is we've hit a point where wireless access points, the Wi-Fi signals are faster than gigabit ethernet. Mm. So you've got these hanging out there on gigabit ethernet. This, uh, 660 HD runs on 2.5 gig ethernet. So you can still, if you've already run Cat5e cables uh, and you're doing power over Ethernet, now these guys um, support 2.5 gig Ethernet. So you can get the full performance out of it. Of course, you got to upgrade to a 2.5 gig switch. Um, but those are coming down in price and coming together very rapidly as well. Yeah, I wouldn't, you know, there's a picture we're showing now in the stream of it saying easy to mount with refined industrial design. I wouldn't like this would look good hanging in my mm -hmm. hallway, you know, uh, uh, on the ceiling in my hallway kind of looks like a smoke detector, right? Yep. I mean, you, you would, this thing would just disappear. 
uh, PoE, so you can run the cable up through the ceiling if you want to, right? And then power it in that kind of way. What's the what's the retail on this thing? It can't be too uh, cheap. These are one eighty something like oh, that. It's not too so, bad. Yeah, so pretty affordably yeah. priced. If you don't want to, the next model below that um, is very affordable at one twenty nine. Oh. Takes you down a little bit in price. Um, Jim, you asked about outdoor stuff. Um, yeah. Click on the other link that was next to this one. So I think it's a EAP. Let's find the the one that was next to Out, it. Outdoor, uh, skim down to outdoor. Down below, yeah, that one right yeah. there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So this is one of the reasons I recommend TP Link is this is their EAP two twenty five outdoor uh, unit. POE driven, not quite as fast. It's an AC 1200. Um, I'm blown away because these things sell for $69. Oh, wow. So, wow. you know, once again, all you need is a gigabit POE switch or a POE power uh, uh, injector. But, um, you, you know, for 69 bucks, you put one of these out by the patio or, you know, uh, the other side of Ethernet cable these days is uh, burial grade Ethernet cable is fairly cheap. So, you know, you can move stuff around and uh, scatter these around your yard as you, um, you know, need to. I keep thinking that says Omaha when it says Omida, <laughs> Om- Omida. Uh, Omada, that, that's, the, that's their management system. So, yeah. you, you know, like any wireless access point system, you need a, you need a, 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 a controller, a management could be cloud-based, could be locally based. Um, but uh, so combination of using one or two of these outside and either two or three of the bigger access points in the house uh, might be, might be in my future. Yeah. Even if I could get one, just to the outside of the house, I think that mm-hmm. would improve my odds of, of, so if I were, Kevin, if I were to say to you, Hey, look, here's, I'm really kind of looking at, you know, the shed is, um, um, may, maybe 40 feet, 40, 50 feet away. It's not that far, mm-hmm. but I have a laptop in there that I use, you know, when I'm hanging out in the shed, it's, it's smoking shed. And, and so when I'm out there with cigars, um, would am I better off putting a wireless access point on the side of my house and hoping that gets there, or should I take it a little like should I try to get it wired out to the end of the deck that gets that closer to the shed, uh, or does it matter? Um, the the closer you can get it, the better it would be. Um, part of it. So, does your house have a basement and you got an easy way? It does. Yeah. Okay. So you're in. So that that's what I always have to ask that question because I've, I've caught myself many times telling people about how to do things, and then they go, "Well, we don't have basements where where I live." So, um, but yeah. So my access point right now is on the back side of the house, right by the patio. And when I mentioned earlier, using one that was an indoor unit, it's because it's in a window well that has a plastic cover over it. And I've, I've had an indoor access point out there for years and have never had an issue with it. And can I get 50 feet away from it and still get great signal? Absolutely. Now, the only thing when you mention a shed, the wall of the shed will block it a little bit. But honestly, if, um, if you have clean, 
know, if you don't have to go under any sidewalks or other patio related things, um, I'm telling you, so I, I used to be, Hey, let's get a trencher and we're, we're going to, we're going to run conduit out there and we'll put some extra nylon pulls through the conduit. Um, I've kind of hit the point of for two years ago for a friend, we just took a square, you know, potato spade kind of shovels and wiggled them back and, you know, drove it in the ground, wiggled it back and forth and went about 30 feet outside of his house, got the burial grade, uh, cat six, laid it in there, brought it up into his little shed and it's still working. So, you know, it's got a good solid coating on it. It's UV protected for the part that's out of the ground. Um, burial grade is sealed up nice and neat. So it, it, uh, you know, it works, works great. So if, if you're going through the steps of doing it, I might tell you, you know, check them around at your local rental places too. A lot of them have gotten these, um, cable burying kind of deals. It, it almost seems like a, uh, you know, like the thing you'd get to tamp down sand if you were laying out pavers. Um, mm-hmm. it's got a little cutter wheel on it and yeah. you can, you can do it yourself and lay it in. You, you, you know, it, it, we got to get deep. I mean, if you want to like, uh, you know, Andrew's saying, you know, you got to get down past the frost line, or at least you probably want to be, you, get, you need to, right. I mean, you kind of need to get it down ways. So I'm an old farm boy. And if, if yeah. we're, if we're putting water pipes in, yeah, you got to be down before right, the, right. the frost line for ethernet cable. I've so never, much. I've never gone more than six inches yeah. and, and oh. not, and not had an issue with it. Yeah. So good, good to know. Uh, well, I could, I mean, I do, I do, I could come out of the basement. Um, the switch is right here. So I could literally come out with cat six, go out through a hole and mount it mm-hmm. underneath. We have a big garden window mm-hmm. and I could just mount it up underneath that garden window, you know, stick it up there with some double-sided tape and, and, and pretty quickly have it at least on the other side of the concrete walls. Cause right. that's really, we have cinder block, right? That, mm-hmm. I have concrete walls in this basement that are blocking. I'm sure that's one of those things, right? That it, that is, is cinder block worse than like a full insulated sided house. Does it matter? Like if it's having to go through concrete versus having to go through a completely insulated sided part of your house, does that matter? Um, Cinder block is tough. Um, regular siding, vinyl siding is pretty easy. Um, seamless steel siding for me is difficult. Um, I was playing around with testing some stuff and I, I set a wireless access point inside the house behind the wall. And then I went outside with WinFi on a laptop and measured it. And I could get 50 feet away or so and things were fine if I moved that wireless access point over in front of the window and then walked out, I got twice as far. Mm. So glass Wi-Fi goes through glass much better than it goes through wall. Doesn't go through steel. Um, I, I was talking to, well, so back to the Sonos support pages, when you're talking about, um, you're helping troubleshoot, you know, a guy was mentioning he was having tr- trouble and I'm like, well, that seems like you probably have a bad device or something. Cause you're just two rooms apart. And then it struck me, what's your house made of? And he goes, Oh, here in Denmark, we have poured concrete, two foot thick walls. And I'm like, there's your problem. 
you know, you're going to, you're going to, I, I said, Hey, just, you know, run some ethernet and just try it out and see if it works and, you know, see if that goes for you. And sure enough, it did. So yeah. Uh, construction size a few years ago, I helped uh, a former boss of mine with his house. Um, think of a rambler meets a split side by side kind of deal. And what divided the house was this beautiful, huge, um, Fieldstone fireplace. And that thing just, you know, we finally broke the house kind of into two wireless networks because that thing, nothing would pass it. Yeah. It was a barrier, right? Right. Built yep. right inside the house. Right. Absolutely. Well, you, got, you got me thinking now. Okay. Wait a minute. So I, I was thinking of maybe I'd put this wireless access point underneath the, the, uh, the garden window. But maybe I should just put it in the garden window. Like I wouldn't even have to take it outside. I could now. I, uh, that means I got to run some cable in the kitchen. That's not gonna. Sarah's not gonna like that. So I should probably not do that. She, it depends. She, it depends on where, where you're trying to hide it away at. So, well, think. I mean, it's in the kitchen. There's actually power that's kind of right there. But I'm. I'm. It, I. I don't know. I. It, I'm kind of thinking like it should probably go outside. Like that's just one of those kinds of things. Like she doesn't want a bunch of cables hanging around there at all uh, going in. And I guess I could tuck them in. It'd be hard in that, you know, it's an enclosed garden window and there's just not a lot of places right. to hide kind of hide wires. It's also kind of moist in there at times, right? Mm -hmm. Summer and winter, it, cause it, you know, hangs out off the house in the summer. It's a few degrees warmer in there uh, than the rest of the house. And there's a little bit of moisture condensation because of the cool air in the house and the warm air on the window it just happens. And then in the winter, the reverse happens, right? Warm air in the house, cool air outside. So, um, yeah, maybe that's not a great idea. Well, but, you, but there's always wishing. <laughs> in 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 the logic, you know. So earlier, you know, I I've had some bad luck with Wi-Fi extenders, Wi-Fi repeaters. But some of the logic you're hitting on, I, my aunt and uncle are probably going to be moving soon. But my uncle is retired now. He's doing a ton of stuff in his shop. His shop is right next to the house, and he said, "Hey, can I do anything for Wi-Fi out here? You know, I just I just want to get better connected." And we put a Netgear uh, wireless extender in the kitchen window because the kitchen window looks straight out to the the, the to the garage, and it works great. You know, it it shows up as a different network, but he's just logging his phone and his laptop onto it. And it extends that house connection uh, really well. Uh, Andrew had a great question. You know, we, we talk about ubiquity and I'm talking about D-Link and TP-Link. And, um, you know, in the past wireless access points, you had to buy a very expensive, large uh, wireless access point controller now everybody's gotten those to be much more competitive. They are usually, uh, you know, you could run them in a Docker or run it on a small PC or run it in the cloud. Uh, but also there are a few alternatives out there um, running, uh, you know, some of the Cisco stuff can run autonomous mode. Um, I've had really good luck uh, playing around with a brand called Ruckus, which has a special firmware mode that you can load on them called Unleashed, which turns them into autonomous device so you don't need a controller for them so a lot of a lot of interesting things out there um the one thing i would say as i'm throwing some of these things around about wireless access points is you know so the the d-link that i've used for years i've had great luck with it but you know somebody somebody might say well 
geez, Kev, you, you never recommended that to anybody. And part of my reason for not is you kind of, you kind of got to need to be a, a network admin because at the time I deployed it, they didn't have great tools. They've, they've got a great tool now called Nucleus, which is their controller that brings them up into, you know, the same league with other folks. But, um, you know, I think it kind of turns into you want to keep it simple so that you don't have to be network admin all the time. My son uh, just had power issues the other day. Turned, they turned the power back on and it blew. Not the, not his modem, but the power supply for his modem went wow. bad, right? Which is really kind of weird. So I had an extra modem, which is a Doxis 3. It wasn't fast enough for what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think it was a four by 16 or two by six, five, four by 16, something like that. And he needed an eight by 32 or something, Okay, something Good along day. those yep. lines, those channels. Um, uh, so he kind of went, I mean, he went shopping cause he thought his modem was bad until he plugged the power supply from the one that I gave him into the one that he had. <laughs> he goes, Oh, the internet came up now. <laughs> like that, that's actually as a side note, you never think. Yep. It's the power supply. Right? Yep. Uh, so I, I think it's a good reminder for us troubleshooting oh, yeah. things. Like you might want to check the power supply because that may be the weakest link in, it in the could in the could very well be. And and as you were saying that, you're you're kind of building on one of my next thoughts is yeah. um starting with the basics. What when I see on these user groups in different places, we all start, well, do this and buy this or add this. I always try to rewind it to say, what do you got? What are you currently running? What, how do you have it configured? Um, because, you know, back to the network thing of slapping stuff on, it's all RJ45 ports. So we just keep plugging things in and we keep adding on. And many times we're perpetuating, making things worse. Um, another, when you mentioned the modem aspect, um, I am, I, for, for years now, I can't remember how long I've been doing it, but I never use any of the stuff that Xfinity provides. Um, I, I, you know, I hate to talk in, you know, never say never kind of terms, but the stuff the ISP wants you to take and rent, they give you a big sales pitch because they control it. It's mostly junk. It, 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 is really not good. And frankly, I, uh, as of late, um, I found several cases where, you know, b- back to the Sonos forum kind of thing is somebody was, Hey, I can't, I just bought a new Sonos speaker. I can't add it. I'm having all kinds of problems and it just wasn't making any sense. And uh, finally I, I said something like, well, who's your ISP and Oh, it's spectrum. And, and I said, and all of a sudden another user popped up to say, Hey, I got the same problem as you and I'm on spectrum as well. What model is your modem? Well, they both have the same modem. They, they both reached out to spectrum support and spectrum support goes, um, Oh yeah, we pushed an update uh, yesterday and we're getting a lot of calls from Sonos users and here, here they broke one of the feedback runs. So, uh, so even though you think, well, it can't, you know, my ISP has nothing to do with what's going on in my house. You'd be surprised. So for years, I've had separate modem, separate firewall, separate Wi-Fi, separate switches. And and that's the other thing, you know, kind of plays off from what we started with, with, you know, just have 
you know, have limited, uh, you know, you don't want more than one Wi-Fi source in your house if you can get by with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and when I say one Wi-Fi source, multiple wireless APs is one Wi-Fi source if they're managed all together. But I have seen a lot of weird, weird stuff happening with ISP delivered equipment. And there is always the risk that by buying your own stuff, they're going to at some point tell you you're not supported or not compatible or whatever. But I'm with it. I've been with Xfinity since before it was Xfinity and I've, I've never had that be an issue. Yeah. Well, and there, there's, well, let's get a couple comments from the chat room. Tony was saying a bad surge protector uh, was my issue months ago, replaced everything, <laughs> including the ISP, before I figured it out, and man, how many times have we gone down that troubleshooting rabbit hole where you, you know, you like, ah, you're trying to get through all these things and you realize, oh, it was the surge protector, you know, that mm-hmm. was out there. Um, Andrew says, you know, to, to he's got to go with the full package from the ISP and that that is the case sometimes. Um, and there's some, I think there's some things you can work with that. Yeah. It's not always the best and you don't always have a lot of control. Uh, but you know, and no, it, it's not always the best situation. It doesn't give you the, the, the most, the, that many options. Um, you know, when you're trying to do it, I, Kevin, I still, you know, I'm, I'm in the spot where I, I go, I get complicated <laughs> and then I'm like, it gets to be too much. And then I bring mm-hmm. it all back to I strip it all down. We're going to get simple. And then yep. I start adding, I get bored. <laughs> I get bored <laughs> with simple. So I start adding things. I mean, how common that's, that's, I think that's what we all do, right? We go from trying a bunch of stuff to getting rid of it. Right. There's, there's two, there's two sides to that one. There's, as I said, to start with here, there's the guys like you and I, and the majority of the guys in the chat room, you just defined it. You know, we, we realize that hey, if I get hit by a beer truck, who's going to help my family keep this thing up? And 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 uh, and uh, you know, I, I've often thought that would be a good side business to get going. Is so your so your home network admin is dead. We yeah, can help exactly. you out. We can <laughs> you know? in an emergency. Yeah, forget about the burial stuff. Like, yep. Can we recover your passwords? Right. <laughs> yes. 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 And then the other side of that coin is the thing I run into a lot and I I don't mean to offend people, but, um, you know, once again, I I run into this in the Sonos forums a lot is, you know, you, you just spent thousands of dollars for whole, whole home audio equipment, their best sound bar is 800 bucks. Uh, you know, and, and you've bought all this stuff and you're mad that your $50 net gear, who said it earlier, your, your, your WRT 54 G is, is, isn't cutting it, you know, spend, spend. So not just the go spend some money on it, but I'm surprised, you know, um, there's a lot of folks who are just, uh, Apple airport extreme was a great router that hasn't been patched since 2019. And I'm always telling these guys, you know, and that 2019 patch was that they had to patch it. Um, you know, all the security stuff. I, I, I tell you when it comes to, you mentioned your Bitdefender box. I don't know if you had the same experience, but I was playing around with a few different, you know, I've always had decent firewalls in that, but I, I took a step back to uh, a less expensive router right before I went back to untangle. And my wife was constantly getting these, um, 
uh, browser takeover kind of things, you know, Oh, you've, you know, broken this security thing. We're going to, you know, shut you down and whatever else I go back to untangle all that goes away. So a good, a good firewall or a good device like Bitdefender, um, the firewall devices are good. Um, any of that stuff uh, can really cut down on a lot of this other problem and issue kind of things you're having. But yeah, I, I'm part part of the the thought on the end of the the uh, show notes about what I might go to. It seems pretty complex, but what what I'm looking for there is I'm kind of constantly telling people get a good switch, get a good firewall, um, you know, buy your own modem and get your, get wireless access points. And so I'm, I'm trying to say, you know, Hey, I keep telling people this is a good route to go. I got to go do it myself. You know, I I've been so buried in D link for so long that I need to jump in, uh, from that point of view. So Kevin, you, you said switch and we haven't really talked about that. How, how important now, and I, Really, um, uh, uh, the two questions, like, do I need to ban it? Do I need to have a managed switch or can I just have, because we're not your typical home users, you know, we've got 25 things that need cable connections, right? That need an ethernet connection. The, the typical home doesn't, but we do. So one, is the switch really that important? And then two, do, does it need to be managed or unmanaged or does it matter? It, it depends on what you want to do. I would say for most home users, um, unmanaged is fine. Um, or, you know, there's kind of these different steps in there now of unmanaged on the bottom, fully managed on the top. And then in the middle, there's smart switches or smart managed switches. Um, I don't think it matters a whole lot unless you really know uh, if you're a Mike Weaker kind of guy and you're going to put out a bunch of VLANs. Um, then if you're thinking, if you're comfortable with VLANs and you like to do that type of segmentation of your network, then definitely go with a managed switch. This TP link, um, I'm, I picked this one. It's a fully managed switch, but I picked this one because it's part of their Omega um management tool environment. So I'm, I'm kind of picking all devices that are manageable by their controller type of function. Um, and plus it's got four 10 gig ports and I seem to be doing a lot with 10 gig these days. Really? So, so that's at that's, home. Uh, do I need it? No, no. Okay. Jim, this, this is where you say, Kev, why do you need 10 gig? <laughs> well, Jim, I don't, but all the cool kids are doing 10 oh, gigs. So I, I got to do it too. I'm trying. Actually, if you bring up the other switch. That 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 is one. Yeah, give me give me a second. Start talking about it, and I'll bring up the other one here. So back to the whole 2.5 gig Ethernet deal. So we talked a minute ago about wireless access points having the wireless side of them being higher performance than um, uh, um, than a one gig Ethernet port would carry. So 2.5 gig is hitting there. And of course you need a 2.5 gig switch with that. The other end of that is um, uh, your ISP or for, in my case, Xfinity, my, uh, uh, my internet service coming into the house is 1.2 gig. So once again, faster than a one gig Ethernet cable. So we're starting to see modems now coming with a 2.5 gig Ethernet port um, that creates a small problem where I have my untangle running on a little PC and it's going to be a little while before untangle supports a 2.5 gig connection. But this switch up here now is a fully managed switch from TP link. Um, oh, I, I 
on the last switch you had up there, that was a 24 port um, gigabit ethernet with four 10 gig ports um, fully managed for 350 bucks. So this is the other reason I want to jump into the TP link stuff is I keep recommending it to people. I've dabbled with it a little bit, but it's very price competitive and Mm -hmm. I, I want to make sure I'm not, you know, I want to spend some time with it myself. The switch that's up here right now, I think this could be a great, core switch for the average user it has eight 2.5 gig poe ports so running those wireless access points could all tie in directly to that uh if you had a 2.5 gig firewall modem firewall combination that could tie directly into this and um it has two 10 gig ports on it. So if you wanted to tie in a higher speed NAS or a high speed workstation or something else, you've got a lot of flexibility. And once again, it's uh, eight ports, uh, 2.5 gig with two ports of 10 gig, uh, fully managed uh, POE on the eight ports, um, 350 bucks. Okay. Which in the scheme of things is, is, is pretty cheap for that kind of performance and that kind of features. But um, in the notes as well, I think I threw in another trend net, like a five port 2.5 gig switch is under a hundred bucks. So the 2.5 gig stuff is, is coming a long ways, but to your earlier question, yeah, you don't really need managed uh, unless you're, you know, doing some heavier networking type of functionality with it. Mine is uh, I think, I think it's a 24 port, completely unmanaged though. Mm-hmm. I wanted, I bought it at Office Depot, Office Max, which I think is the same thing now. Yep. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, 24 port. Um, and it might be what would be a common Netgear net with that, or, Netgear. or probably Netgear, probably yep. network. I think Jim, uh, Jim has something similar. He says using a Netgear 16 port, one gig. I think this is a 24 port. I think, yeah, for sure. Um, and, uh, and I think it's one gig as well. Unmanaged. I bought it a couple years ago. I plan to hold on to it for a long time. For me, Kevin, I, I listen, I've cut off the complexity at switches. Yep. I'm just like, I, when I, my eyes just glaze when Weger talks about VLANs, I'm just like, oh my God, one more thing to manage <laughs> and to remember. I'd have to document it somewhere mm-hmm. and make a, kind of make a Visio document of it to keep track of it. That's the thing I kind of, you know, I, I hear all the cool things you can do. I'm kind of in this world with home automation right now where yep. there's all these cool things you can do. I've got them in about five or six different places. You know, Google's doing some, Amazon's doing some, Habitat, Habitat's doing some, uh, Home Assistant's doing some, and then something breaks and you're like, where did I set that? And then the app, you have the app too. So you got to go in and set mm-hmm. it up in the app. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the, my Philips Hue about every six months seemed to just lose its way, you know, and you're just like, I got to go reset it. I got to go figure that out. All the app vendors are changing their, and, and I don't know if this is this way on the networking side, but all the app vendors are changing their apps literally every six months because the mm-hmm. things are changing so fast. So, by the time you go back to the app, you're like, this doesn't look like it did the last time I was in here. Where are things, right? Right. Um, I, we, we don't, we used to not see that in the world of, of when we thought of modems and routers. Those stayed pretty consistent. 
but are we are we living in a world where the apps to these switches and and you know this networking gear is changing as fast as it does for our home automation stuff? Um, not really. I, I, what's changing rapidly in the networking stuff is the. Um, I tend to refer to it as kind of the anti Cisco mentality, and with Cisco, it was always, hey. You don't you don't need a fancy GUI to manage that switch. Do it through command line. You know, Jim, you've been a network admin for 20 yeah. years now. You've <laughs> memorized all the Cisco network uh, CLI commands. And there's there's a lot of truth to that if you're a network admin. And for the average kind of user, um, networking guys, you know, it, it really breaks into this home, small, medium business versus enterprise. The enterprise guys are adding tons of feature and function. So with them, it's how does this integrate with VMware and how does this work into my software defined network environment? Um, what I'm finding on small to medium business switches that we would probably use at home, it's really heading hard in the other direction of saying, let's keep this really simple. And to your point, you know, you know the the comment like on, on Mike is a good point is you, if you know you want to do VLANs and it is a good idea to segment things in certain categories, um, you know, your IOT stuff, it's good to, um, yes, Brian, I'm poking fun at you. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, uh, um, you know, being able to segment stuff, but then again, you, when you head in that road down that road, you need to be well aware that you're going to have to be the network admin at home. And there's going to be, and as Mike has found when he's run into problems is it's going to chew up a night or two when you have a problem because, um, you know, he picks this stuff up really quickly. I end up having to, you know, as much as I talk about networking stuff, when I have to get hands on with it, I'm like typing with one hand and I'm reading, following stuff with the other hand, trying to refresh my memory of what this stuff happens. Yeah. You know? it's, I, it, it, and there's, there's two, there's two elements to it that are terrible. So one is when they get dependent on the, on the service that you've, you've given them and you can't just take it away. Like you can't right. be like, well, we're not going to do it anymore. Cause they're like, Hey, wait a minute. You sold me on this thing. You got me addicted to it, whatever it might be. Right. You know, whatever I, I I've done that several times to Sarah where I'm like, Oh, this great new feature. I get her sold on it. She starts using it. It breaks. Then I'm like, I don't want to support it anymore. She's like, no, I need this type deal. So you get stuck in those kind of in those kinds of situations where they're dependent on it. Then I think there's that, and that's kind of a, uh, that's kind of a, you know, a, a less of a priority than the internet is down. Right. <laughs> like, right. I mean, nothing's working Yep. and you're, you're screwed. And I can't tell you how many times I went to bed at, or I started going to bed, made one, like, eh, I'm going to make a little update before I go to bed, <laughs> take, a, take everything <laughs> offline. And then I'm like, oh crap, like I've got to have this fixed before the morning. Like I can't, I can't just go to bed. I, we can't be offline when I wake up. Yep. Right. Um, and I guess that's just an extreme version of the first example, but it is. And then you end up staying till two or three in the morning, trying like uh, trying to unwind a new piece of equipment. What did I do? You know, yep. uh, super frustrating when that kind of thing happens. Well, and in, in that you're, you're spot on. And I, I think too, 
I hate to keep bringing things back to the pandemic, but um, it really showed us how dependent we are on, you know, and um, went to a friend's uh, son's graduation here early earlier this summer. Um, the mother of the son, the, the young man uh, is in school administration and the, the husband, my friend is in school IT work. And he goes, you know, Hey, we're on a nice side of the twin cities area here, but even right here in the Eastern Metro area, there's a lot of kids that go to South Washington County school that don't have internet at home. And it, it is amazing how, you make these decisions that, Hey, we're, we're just going to have kids stay home with their, we, we gave them all Chromebooks. They can all get access. And the IT department was like, not everybody has access. And, and, you know, they quickly started rolling in some things at the, you know, open, opening some things up at like uh, a couple of the fire department buildings have nice meeting room areas and Hey kids, come on down and do your homework here, free Wi-Fi, And mm -hmm. so they started compensating for it. But yeah, when, once we, you know, um, home internet access has gone from being a nicety to, uh, you know, yeah. it's like electricity, you know? Yeah. Uh, I remember when it was kind of a privilege, like not everybody had it. The old CompuServe days. You know, Kevin, you may have helped me solve something tonight. And it's it's networking related, but it's kind of not. I was before the show, I was kind of complaining uh, that, you know, it's like, man, I can't get my bandwidth right. And I'm having some problems with this and this during the day didn't work. And I'm trying to webcast. And then <laughs> you started talking about usage and being home. And I was like, you know, when I'm doing these webcasts, my daughter is upstairs. And I <laughs> I bet she's fully streaming. You know, I just put two and two together, though. That's the other kind of the other issue is, you know, here I'm trying to do a job that requires a lot of up, you know, speed mm -hmm. at 10. So I have to kind of I have to kind of be careful. Like, I, you know, I, I need to make sure I'm not running stuff up while I'm doing a podcast. And I got to kind of remind I'm going to have to, I didn't even, I didn't even think that she's probably now she can't be sucking up all the up bandwidth going up, but it, it was one of those reminders just as we were talking about things going on. Yeah. We've got a greater dependency on these things and we're streaming everything at this yep. point. It's all streaming. Nobody's, we're not recording movies anymore. They're not watching anything right. local anymore. Right. You're streaming it. Yep. So. No, absolutely. And, and actually the up, side of things is um uh, so once you know in your bit defender box might, might have some of this data um the other thing i found about working at home is that i didn't realize until i got really digging into some of the for some of the reports i get out of untangle as a firewall is even with all the streaming going on inside the house here um i, I work for a smaller company and instead of doing a lot of IT stuff, we've waffled back and forth between are we a Dropbox house? Are we a Google Drive house? Um, and sales parks, we've been very, my boss is very good about kind of regimenting where everybody puts stuff. And so everybody, the right people have access to stuff. They can all get it. But when I go look at the forms, most of the bandwidth 
in and out of this house is my laptop syncing Dropbox and Google because it's pulling down everything everybody else in California is doing. So coming in isn't bad. And, and I can't complain. I I've got gigabit in, you know, coming in, I think I got about two fifty going out. Uh, so I'm, I, 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 I've got plenty, but it is amazing when, you know, somebody out at corporate will start, cleaning up a whole bunch of stuff last week, the quality team cleaned up a whole bunch of stuff and it notifications down in the corner of my screen. were just going nuts with, um, updates, you know, so-and-so updated a file, so-and-so updated a file. And then I had an action item to go through and clean up a whole bunch of my stuff. So all of a sudden I'm pushing, uh, and I noticed on a zoom, I cleaned up a whole bunch of stuff right before a zoom call happened, the zoom call. And I get the little notification that, uh, you know, bandwidth might be an issue because everything was sinking and everything was cleaning things up at that time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't think about some of those background services, um, Mm -hmm. that we, we really depend on and they just do it quietly. Like they don't even announce there used to be a, even a sys tray like, Hey, I'm sinking now, but mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of those things are gone. Right. And so it's just, it's just kind of happening. And you're like, where's all my bandwidth going? I just, um, uh, I just got a notification from Cox. You know, I'm, my cycle is the 12th through the 12th. Today's the 26th. They're like, Hey, you're already at 50%. Now that's not too bad. But it, it is, I start thinking about like, you know, I got that one terabyte cap kind of like, all right, well, I have to start, you know, better keep an eye on this thing. If I want to save myself 20 or 30 or 40 bucks, right. Whatever right. that is. So I really, uh, I'll be, I'll be anxious. I, I would love, I don't care what my down is. It's up. That's important to me. And mm-hmm. 10 is all I can get here. So yeah. it's, it's pretty brutal. I, I, and I guess, you know, I should look into, I think I can get 30 if I pay a bunch more, you know, type deal. And you're like, oh, do I really? you know, it's always comes down to that. It's always like, oh, 10 to 30. Now, if it was 10 to a gig or 10 to a hundred. Okay. Yep. But 10 to 30, you know, you're kind of like, hmm. Kevin, as we're, as we think about wrapping this up, any other, by the way, uh, if you're listening all Kevin keeps saying in the show notes, this this week, you'll want to head out to theaverageguy.tv slash HGG502. Uh, all the show notes will be there. Kevin brought them all in, and all the links that he's been talking about are there. So if you want to go out and find some of these things he's referencing, uh, and you're listening to the podcast version of it, live folks, you'll have to wait until we uh, until I publish this weekend. But it'll be mm-hmm. out there in the show notes. Kevin, any final thoughts? Um, just uh, on the show notes, I tried to throw some examples in there, uh, especially around the 2.5 gig stuff of who's got modems, who's got routers, what network cards are available, what switches are available. So there's some good, good stuff out there. Um, I detailed what I'm probably going to be doing from a home network, uh, point of view. So I got that going. Um, it's another thought, Jim, on what you were just talking about. And I, I know this doesn't work for many people, but it does work for some people is, um, so I've got Xfinity here at the house. I'm right on the edge of, I live in Cottage Grove, Woodbury's right up the road here. Being on the edge, Xfinity is kind of my only choice. We do have CenturyLink, but getting CenturyLink to the house here would not give me very good performance. Um, but I have done some things where uh, friends and relatives have had the choice of a couple of different providers. 
And monetary wise, it turned out to work out to actually get both in house. And with some of the better firewalls like PF sense or untangle or some of these guys, they'll do WAN load balancing on the front end. Now, sometimes you got to play around with that a little bit, and this is probably more complex than some people want to deal with. But the idea of having two internet providers into your house um, likely sounds really expensive, but in most cases, it doesn't necessarily have to be for what you're going to end up getting out of it. You do have to confirm that your firewall or your router is capable of doing not just load balancing, but sharing between those two um, accesses. But um, yeah, it's definitely worth checking into is can they kick you up a notch or the other thing about having two in your house is it gives you some leverage to give the, uh, to pit them against each other to uh, get you a better deal. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't, I don't have many options out here where I'm at in Bellevue. And um, I'm just looking, I'm at, I'm on Cox's website right now, kind of looking through and they always advertise their down speeds. But then when you look at the fine print, it's like, yep, it's 10 up. Like, uh, so. Um, well, and the, the other one in that, in that sense that I, I've been watching, uh, have been very disappointed so far, but um, T-Mobile's really been pushing the idea of, hey, five 5G cell service is going to yeah. save us all. Here's, here's the little box you put in your house and you can have us be your ISP. Yeah. T- Tony said he switched to T-Mobile and they've been spamming the crap and they are, they're being aggressive about mm-hmm. 5g internet home service through yep. their, through their towers. And I think, I think we had somebody in the community try that and it didn't, yeah, every uh, yeah somebody in the uh, Discord uh, mentioned trying it. Um, it's a, very inconsistent results that, that I've seen, and I would expect it to be odd at certain times of the day, but um, it's just it's currently very inconsistent. Um, but it's it, hopefully it balances out in time, uh, over time. Well, we'll find out. I, I just I'm hoping we'll get some faster speeds soon. It it's not killing me. I mean, tonight is fine. Which mm-hmm. has been crazy, I think. I'm looking at my video over here, and it looks it's good. Just during the day, it hasn't looked very. I wonder. Okay, so I wonder, Kevin, if I have the opposite problem, where everybody in my neighborhood is staying home during the day and working, and so the 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 neighborhood band. It used to be at night, right? Because people would watch mm-hmm. movies, right? And then at night, they're just downloading. Like they've stopped working, so they're not uploading. Man. You're a genius, Kevin Schoonover. <laughs> like, I think you figured out my day during the day and my internet problems. Well, I tell you what, I just need to go into work. I'll just be honest. Like, I've got a studio there. I could be doing it from work. It's great there every time. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's just so darn convenient to sit down here in the uh, in the basement and do podcasting from, from my home office, which is super comfortable. Um, it's not uncomfortable at work. It's not like I'm, you know, going to the gulag or anything like that. So, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty great. Well, Kevin, thanks for jumping in here. I know we kind of jumped all over the place on the notes, but I I think great conversation on, you know, kind of just thinking through everybody's situation is different, right? This is, you got to kind of work through your own thing. Join us in the discord group. Let's take the conversation. We have a networking section in there. If you want to kind of jump in on this and, uh, and be a part of it. TheAverageGuy.tv slash Discord. Um, if you want to continue that conversation uh, on networking and all the things around it, it's a hassle. 
I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it. It's a hassle. I think, I still think it's too hard, you know, for people. It, 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 it absolutely is. And circling back to how I, you know, kind of wanted to do a show like this is all the things I see on, uh, you know, the user groups about people having problems and, and you kind of nailed it right there, Jim is th- the issue is home networking is not easy. Networking in general is not easy. And to John's question earlier, I'm constantly looking for better resources of, you know, how can I scope out my house, you know, for interference? How can I really see, am I getting the Wi-Fi performance I expected? Am I getting the ISP performance I expected? You know, sometimes it's helping people understand the difference between internet access versus Wi-Fi access. You know, this is networking in my house. This is networking coming in and out of my house and, and, you know, determining those things. So it, it is, it is way harder than it, seems to be and then it needs to be <laughs> then it needs but, to be absolutely yeah yeah i yeah yeah it is and sometimes we make it harder on ourselves and, and that's okay like if you want to no one's telling you you don't have to you know no, no one's absolutely no, you, don't, you don't have to so well kevin again thanks uh, i think mike is back next week kevin and bob or jo- uh, kevin and bob bob and ryan there we go kevin and bob's a radio show i guess <laughs> it <laughs> yes, I think it is. Uh, Bob and Ryan from ThinkComputers.org are coming uh, are coming out uh, next week, and we'll be talking hardware. So it's always good to catch up with those guys. Got a lot of cool stuff going on over there. Um, September 9th, Ed Sullivan is joining us. Uh, just as kind of a guest host, we're uh, Kevin. We're doing kind of a Patreon. I, I sent a note out to all the Patreon mm-hmm. folks and said, "Hey, you want to join us?" And I've gotten a few of you. By the way, if you haven't responded to me and you want to be on the show. Uh, respond. You don't have to come and do what Kevin did and, and give a whole, I mean, a bunch of homework. You can come and just chat with us, but I just wanted to give our Patreon subscribers a chance to be on the show if that's the, what they wanted to do. So Ed is coming on and then I'm taking the week off. I'm in Boston with Ed um, smoking a lot of cigars that week. And then Ross Brand is coming. Aaron Lawrence is back uh, to to kind of get us up to date. Late September, she's had a lot of reviews. She's done a lot of vacuum reviews. So I'm kind of excited about that. I, I am seriously close, Kevin, to pulling the trigger on this $30 a month deal for this iRobot vacuum. Like, mm-hmm. can't stop thinking about it. Like, <laughs> I'm ready to cancel my Peloton subscription and some other things, you know, not HelloFresh, but some other things. So I can, you know, I can squeeze this iRobot back. Do you have one? Do you have a? I, I, I do not. And I, I convinced myself that having anywhere from one to three dogs at any given time, we're at, we're at two right now, that it would kill one of these little vacuums and uh, a two-story house. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But, but, every, but everybody I talk to that has them loves them yeah. and, and really hasn't had issues with them. So, well, I'm, I, I'm trying to decide whether I go subscription, you know, vacuum as a service and, mm-hmm. and just get one for just the upstairs. Or do I just bite the bullet and buy like two of the cheaper ones and put one upstairs and one downstairs? So I have to, I, I'm, yeah. You know. Tough goal. It is. It is. So I'm, I'm making that decision right now. Hey, if you want to leave us a voicemail like, uh, like Jim Shoemaker did, you can always send us, go out to homegadgetgeeks.com. You have 30 seconds on that, so make it quick. But Jim, thanks for um thanks for sending us a voicemail. And I, I I did, I don't know if you were here when we played it, but 
talk to Sammy about it. I'm just buying her a new phone. That was just the easier thing to do. So thanks for leaving those messages, calling and get that done. If you want to join us on Patreon, you can the average guy.tv slash Patreon. And of course we want to thank Christian over at Maple Grove partners, get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting. If you need some hosting, he's a great way to do it. Talk about Kevin making it simple. He really doesn't even give you a C panel. Yep. Like it just works. Like yep. he doesn't, you're not going in there monkeying with stuff. You're not trying to allocate memory or move things around on a hard drive somewhere. He just takes care of it for you. Mm-hmm. So great way to do it. Maplegrovepartners.com if you want to get that done. And, uh, and of course, we are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. If you don't join us live, you should. It's super fun. All the guys, all the gang is out here. Brian, Andrew, Tony, uh, Joe. Uh, John was out there a little bit earlier. I saw Ken jumping in. Brian is out there. Jump in with us. We'd love to have you. I think we were 10 or 11 at one point, and, mm-hmm. uh, and we'd love to have you out on a Thursday night. Kevin, you, you join us live when you can. That's always kind of nice. Yeah, I used to. I remember when you were a road warrior, and you'd try and listen on the road. <laughs> I did, it, oddly enough, it always seemed like I was flying home or uh, coming home on a Thursday night, so it always just kind of worked out. So it's the worst night to fly because that's all the business guys are coming home yep. on Thursday nights, right? That is the that's why I did the show on Thursday nights. No, that's not true. Uh, we'd love to have you join us live and come out to theaverageguy.tv slash live to do that. We'll be back next week. Ryan and Bob are joining us. Mike is back. With that, we'll say goodbye.